includes writing and rewriting history. First ever national title for Texas Tech. Jonathan Garibay, the boot is away. And it's gone. I don't want to go home. And I want to say goodbye to you. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Tanks podcast. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And um, the lever when it comes to who is better between the men and the women basketball teams here at Texas Tech has recently swung in a direction that we have not seen it swing in a while. And it's because the men's basketball team are winning games? It's crazy. It's wild, but for the first time in what seems like, at least for the first time this calendar season, we have a winning basketball team that have been uh, men, on the men's side, a women, winning men's basketball team that is winning conference games. It's wild. It's crazy to talk about the men winning and unfortunately the women's side losing. It is the people's champ, Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jeremy? What's up, Albie? Um, yeah. The pendulum continueth to swing. It's almost like a seesaw at this point. You know, I actually think that's a better way to put it. It's a seesaw because both sides cannot be down at the same time. Men are doing really well now, fantastically well, and the women have regressed at the. And they're both at this juncture of what's the what's postseason look like, and they're both doing the opposite uh, of what they were doing at the beginning of the season. Yeah, no, it's it's we're not allowed to have two good teams at the same time, apparently. Um, and remember the beginning of the year, I said for the women, just get into a tournament, any tournament, just when it looked like maybe that tournament is the NCAA tournament, they've, you know, they finally made it on some bracketology pieces. It was a question of whether Texas Tech will be in the NCAA tournament on the women's side. And then you couple that with three straight losses, right? Like they've lost six of their last seven. This in no way looks like a team that's going to be in the tournament. Funny enough, even with all these losses, they were still on the cusp. Uh, we were talking pre-pod. That ESPN's last bracketology still had him just on the next four out, and then they went out and lost um, handsomely, lost by 27 to Oklahoma. A good Oklahoma team, right? A ranked Oklahoma team on the road. It wasn't a, it wasn't a game that they were expected to win, but losing any game by 27 isn't fun, even if it's to the team that's likely going to win the Big 12 title. It's still not fun, um, and it like likely takes you from that next four out to even more out, right? Um, but flip over to the men's side, however, Jeremy, and the men are doing the exact opposite. They've won four of the last six. They've they've won three straight uh, home ranked games, right? They they've they've um they've been good. It's kind of crazy right now. Riding a two game winning streak after beating ranked twelfth ranked Kansas State and sixth ranked Texas because the Longhorns don't know how to win in Lubbock. Um, it's 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 amazing. I I don't know what to to say right now on the men's side, and it's so crazy that people. Not me, but people actually think that this is an NCAA tournament team. Uh, what do you have to think about on? Uh, what do you have to say about the men's basketball team? I mean, this has been like a meteoric turnaround, right? Because earlier in the season, uh, and Texas Tech fans famous for this, but earlier in this conference season, you have people saying it. Matt, Mark Adams, Jesus, saying it. Get him out of here. Uh, take all these other players with him. And, you know, you see the response of the team in that. And we were talking about it ahead of this SEC matchup against LSU. It's like, man, you've got to get something here. Because this back half of the season is miserable as the first half. And getting that win in Baton Rouge, I mean, we kind of talked about that building momentum. Uh, it really did. It kind of set this team onto a different trajectory. 
and uh, offensively they've just been night and day. They've they've continued to score um, like above seventy when they're winning, and that's been such a game changer. Like this consistency from all across, uh, you know, for, uh, consistency from a few key players, and I think that's been the key going. And this is something we usually talk about come tournament time. Do you have that player that can take over? Because if you do not, you will not go far in the tournament. You got to have somebody who can step up. And Texas Tech has had somebody step up in the past, you know, the past couple of games. And really, ever since Pop Isaacs got hurt, Davion mm-hmm. Harmon, who has been the guy that at the beginning of the year was a great facilitator, um, we talked about it. I think a lot of his struggles was because he didn't know what he wanted to do. Didn't know if he wanted to be that facilitator. Didn't know if he wanted to be that scorer. Really didn't have a, a set role on the team other than, you know, I'm going to try to lead the young guys. Um, but when Pop Isaacs got hurt, it's almost like Davion Harmon said, you know what my role is going to be? I got to get buckets. Pop's not going to be here. I got to get buckets. I got to find a way to get buckets. And he's been doing it. He's been incredible. He's our second leading scorer right now. Putting up 14 points and, and almost four assists per game, but he that, that that's really a jump up from his earlier season averages. He he's been absolutely fantastic. I mean it's, um, and we've needed him. I mean talking about just that last game against Texas, uh, where he puts up he that was a game where he had a, a, a career high, um, in that game with with 25 points. Uh, I believe he had 21 in the first half. Like he he was automatic in that game and it's so much so that even as Texas made their comeback in the second half, um a lot of that was because they doubled him. They said, "You know what? We can't let him beat us." And it took a while for Tech to to um to beat that. But what Tech ended up doing was, "Okay, you're going to double Davion Harmon. We're going to let other players eat." That's when Kevin O'Banner started getting points, right? He, he wasn't a big bucket get in the first half, but he started getting points, right? Uh, um, Demarion Williams was get, starting to get points in the second half. And now, after a while of struggling as Texas adjusted, Tech was able to adjust back and let other guys get, get points there. Um, but that Davion Harmon, Davion Harmon leadership, I mean, talking about it, he's put up 20 points in three of the last four games, right? Even in that loss against Baylor, he had a 20-point uh, 20 night, right? 20 points against K-State. So, like I said, 25 against Texas. So, Harmon has really been the, the crux, the, the difference maker as to why this is a different team, despite the injuries, despite the fact that AMAC is still not back, right? AMAC is still hurt. It's still obvious he's hurt, but he's trying, he's playing, he gets more and more athletic by the game but it's Davion Harmon saying I have to be the guy um that has been the difference between Texas Tech being at one point 0 and 8 in conference and now we're 3 and 10 you know not great but not last place not last place <laughs> there it is not last place uh Davion Harmon man I mean you said it you said it best he he took a real Bree, uh, Bree Scott arc didn't he he said you know what I'm going to step into the light and has just been fantastic. I mean, his, his field goal percentages ever since that LSU game outside of Iowa state, which I think is super interesting. He just like shot, 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 shot. You know, he, he puts up probably an average of 16 shots a game um, and only made five of them in that ISU game. But like, just fantastic has been playing a lot too and it's been playing late game scenarios when he came out of the texas game it was very obvious like the, the 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 offense was very different when he was off the court and we were on that scoring drop for what three four minutes so davian harmish has become like has become that piece and i think that's something you absolutely needed from this team and everybody around him seems to be playing better 
Yeah. And it's like I said, it's it's really more players are getting the opportunities. I talked about Damari Williams earlier. He's starting to get more minutes. Um, Elijah Fisher starting to get some minutes as well. And and as the injuries have piled up, other guys are getting a chance to prove what they can do. Um, they're going to get the opportunities, right? A guy that's been struggling recently has been Lamar Washington, but he's got plenty of opportunities. And it's okay. We're a young team. It's okay to get these minutes. KJ Allen's been getting a lot more minutes lately. It's okay to get these minutes and struggle, right? Because with Lamar Washington, who f- frustrating as hell. But, but like these frustrations can happen now as a true freshman, as an eighteen-year-old, yeah. right? Yeah. And ideally, it, what man. you hope is, for, yeah, yeah, for Lamar Washington, for Robert Jennings, for KJ Allen, you make these things now, so next year and the year after, right? Oh, remember that time Lamar Washington had those turnovers? Well, now he's doing better in twenty-four and twenty-five. Um, but for a guy like Davion Harmon, there is no twenty-four and twenty-five. This is it. So, so he, he's going to get buckets. He's going to get buckets now. And it's it's very interesting. You you mentioned the whole Mark Adams thing and Tech fans being impatient. Uh, those guys love him, man. They love Mark Adams so much. Right? And it's like they, they're playing with so much passion right now. Kevin uh, O'Banner was talking about it before, about the, the, you know, with Mark Adams, you always use a boxing analogy and how a lot of other teams, he talked about how a lot of other teams would um, would have given up. Would, would would how the season's gone would just lay an egg they wouldn't have been able to beat texas which is, he's absolutely right um but that's a team that just keeps fighting you knock them down they keep getting back up and they keep fighting for the coach despite the fact that there's you know the, the fan base a, a large portion of the fan base is given up on him you know the, despite the fact that all these they hear all the whispers and everything like that despite all of that they keep fighting for him think about davion Harmon, man he's a guy that's now in his fifth year playing college basketball. He's his third stop playing college basketball, right? This is this is it for him. And he could easily look back and say, man, I shouldn't have picked him at Texas Tech. Like, oh, man, I could have been out in, in Oregon right now or back in Norman or something like that. Instead, he's saying, I'm glad I picked here. I'm glad, despite the fact that we are currently 14 and 12 and only 3 and 10 in conference and we're in ninth place in a 10-team league, I'm glad I picked here. I'm glad I'm get to coach, be coached by Mark Adams. I'm glad I'm with this fan base. I'm glad I'm dealing with these situation because this is emotional for me, right? So like this is man, this team is this team is one of heart, man. I, t- I tell you, it's it's a um, not a good team, but a very passionate and emotional team. And they uh, this is this is this is a this is a good one. This is one you know I I it reminds me of the Tubby years a little bit when we were really mm-hmm. bad and we knew we were bad, but we knew we were building something. And that's kind of what I'm starting to feel from this team. Like, we're not good by any stretch of the imaginations, but we're like the building blocks are there. And it's the question of, okay, well, can Davion Harmon be the Brad Reese in this scenario? Right? Like, Brad Reese had to deal, my boy B. Reese had to deal with a lot of bad basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of bad basketball. But he finally, but he kind of paved the way for. Todd Gocher to lead the young guys to the tournament, right? Todd Gocher was on that tournament team. Batteries didn't get to feel the, get to go to the tournament, but he kind of held, led those or started those building blocks to let the young guys take it over, let Todd and the young guys take it over later on, um, later in their careers, right? And so that's that's kind of what I'm looking at with Davion Harmon is like, unfortunately, Davion, you're not going to be able to reap the benefits of your hard work, but you're laying the building blocks. Well, you know, I think that's such a good point that you make about the tubby years. Uh, it, it, you kind of coalesced on two different things between the tubby years and then talking about like, man, these these guys just love Mark Adams. And 
midpoint of the season, you're looking at the team, you're looking at the chemistry on the bench. Uh, let me make let me make it clear. Winning does help. Winning makes things Winning a little helps. bit easy. <laughs> Winning helps. Winning helps. Yeah, for sure. But Adams is absolutely right. Like they had every reason, especially guys who transferred in, every reason to think, you know what, this was the wrong choice. Like we should have seen the signs, we should have red flags, whatever it is. But instead, they took that and they said, okay, this is our reality now. It doesn't have to be our re- reality in the future. And I like the way that you use, uh, I, yes, Reese to Gocher, um, Harmon to Pop Isaacs, right? I think that this team, with the departure of Chris Beard to Texas, Mark Adams coming in, we, you know, anybody who thought that it would just be seamless one to one is foolish. But this might be a good, like, we may look back at this in two, three years. And making a deep run in the tournament and think, wow, these guys repaved the way for like the younger guys coming in. It's a very similar scenario. I think you picked up on. Yeah, I mean, year one seems seamless. I think that's why. Like year one is like, oh, we're on cloud nine. We're never going away. <laughs> year, yeah. Year, yeah, year one was like, woo, we're never losing again. <laughs> Put up the banner, future <laughs> championships, right? But now we now we got to some realization, right? That it, it's it is going to take a little bit. And and at the end of the day, it definitely felt like year one was a you know. Year one was a let's let's get back at the old guy. Let's get let's you know let's build something. Let's, it was kind of a revenge tour, right? A revenge. You had a lot season. of revenge there, yeah. Yeah, and so it was anybody who's on this team. You're just a part of our revenge tour. And then after the revenge tour, some of the guys that stayed on were like, mm, all right, let's start our own new stories, right? Uh, which is fine. I mean, that makes sense. I get it. And so this is really, you know, to your point. I mean, this season has really become a okay. Like now we're rebuilding. Like now we're redefining what it is for what Texas Tech basketball really is when you do that it's, it's tough but I'll say this we talked about it and we, we did mention this on the podcast a few weeks ago weeks ago we talked about this for a while this team had to learn how to win basketball games we talked about it all January it's all we mentioned is that eventually they will learn how to win and once they learn how to win wins will start to come and what happened is they went to Baton Rouge against a very bad team and they learned how to win they don't win that LSU game they don't beat Iowa State and they don't beat Texas. Maybe Kansas State, I don't know. But they definitely don't win those two games. Like, there's just, I don't see that happening. If you don't learn how to beat, win an LSU, and even if it's a bad LSU team, you learned what it meant to win. Because LSU in the second half, if you remember, like, they had a furious comeback. Like, they, they, they were, Doe Tech was the better team. Doe Tech looked like the better team. LSU, like, they fought back in the game, and a normal Tech team this season would have folded, and they didn't. They were able to win the game. And it was like, oh, yeah. So we just passed the Harmon and O'Banner then. <laughs> Is that how we win games? <laughs> and then, but it, it worked, right? As they made the comeback against Iowa State, they found a way to win the game in overtime. Because I ain't gonna lie to you, after we didn't win any regulation, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But they found a way to win in overtime. And then K State, despite the fact that we were winning virtually the whole game, K State punched us in the mouth in the second half. It looked like man, we might fold, but we found a way to win. And against Texas, same thing. They punched us in the mouth. They took the lead in the second half. Right? They took mm-hmm. the lead in the second half. And, and Texas is in this game like, well, we got Marcus Carr. We got Dylan Dysu. Veterans. We got uh, uh, Tyrese Hunter. Like, you could argue Texas has the three best players on the court. There's an argument of that. And instead, guys like Harmon, guys like O'Banner said, no, you don't. We're going to win this game. Even despite, despite the fact that Harmon only had four points in the second half. He's like, I'm going to still, his leadership is still necessary. And O'Banner, like I said, leads by uh, um, do as I, watch 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 me work, you know, do as I do. And 
he great great plays at the end of the game, and it led to to open O'Banner shots, and, and O'Banner close range ain't gonna miss. So it's um yeah, I mean it, it's it's this team is is really clicking at at the right time. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You got it. Uh, yeah, I mean they're clicking, <laughs> Jeremy. Unfortunately, they're clicking so much so. That um, NCAA tournaments are on the minds. Of now that we're now we're having the conversations. <laughs> uh, NCAA tournaments are on the minds of the fan base. Uh, this would be yeah. the most like, oh, your project is due at eight. It's four a.m. Oh shoot, I should start that. <laughs> so first things first, let me just say that we should be thanking the Big Twelve Conference for us even being like thought of as potential because this conference is a bloodbath. Yeah, it's a bloodbath, it right? Um, now. I mentioned on the pod a couple weeks ago that you really need a seven and eleven record. Like you, you kind of, like that's kind of the bare minimum. You got to get a seven and eleven record to get in the tournament, and it doesn't matter what conference you're in. And what that would what that means for Tech is they kind of need it with five games left in the conference season at West Virginia, at Oklahoma, which we still have not won a road conference game. Just putting that out there. Uh, home against twenty second ranked TCU at Kansas, and home against Oklahoma State. We would have to go four and one. Jeremy, for us to go to get to a seven and eleven conference record, yeah, four and one. All right, team. That's I know that we've won four four of our last six, and I know that we've won, you know, three straight games again, three games against ranked teams. I get all that. Like that's cool and all. We're still three and ten <laughs> in the conference. Oh. <laughs> We're still three and ten in conference. Don't look over Let's there. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. Shut on that the door. NCAA tournament. <laughs> Um, what would it take for you to get excited about tech to actually make the into like like to even start talking about it? You have talking I about think, it now, but yeah, it, there's a reality where you go zero and five <laughs> at the end of the which I you know we just I just got put it out there uh, because if it happens then you know you had a whole pre you whole beginning of the conference to prove that to you. Um, the thing that's gonna take me to get excited is first of all winning at West Virginia or or Norman. Like you, like you said, just we can't win in Norman to save our to save our hide. Um, that would kind of start to change my perspective on the opportunity of like the NCAA tournament. Now I think that you know you have a really good shot of beating TCU at home here, um, just because you know TCU it's got a lot of kinks in the armor, and not that they're gonna roll over, but you've played so well at home lately. I think that you're going to be really inspired to get that victory since it's going to be probably the last ranked home game of the season. Um, but yeah, I think a win at West Virginia or Norm or, uh, or in Norman, um, getting one of those would start to excite me because I don't really don't think we will, uh, getting both of those. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be pre I'll start joining that conversation. So, um, Texas Tech uh, has only won in Morgantown three times, right? So, they won in 2019 for the first time um, since 2013. Uh, and then they won in 2021, right? It's, it's We don't win in Norman very often. I, no. Let me just put that. Or not Norman, in sorry, any sport. Morgantown. In Morgantown. Very, yeah, in any sport. We don't win in Morgantown very often. Um, it's going to be tough. <laughs> It's going to be tough to win in Morgantown, uh, to, to beat Huggy, especially since last time that, uh, especially since last time that, uh, uh, Huggy and them came to Lubbock, they beat us by 15, right? 
So we couldn't win at home. We're about to go to Morgantown to win there in a game that for any, you know, wild tech fan that does think tech's going to make the NCAA tournament, it's kind of a must win. Like, I, I think you lose to West Virginia, you're not getting in. Um, so I will say the one that I am now looking at and keying in on is the NIT. Now, the NIT is one that I think we can actually get into. And I, and I think for the NIT, which you, you really, if, if you have a winning record, in the Big 12, winning record period. I mean, like a winning overall record, and you're and you play in the Big 12, and that's he's at least gonna say, you know what, y'all pretty good, <laughs> right? Like y'all pretty good. I mean, there's gonna be eight teams that are gonna make the NCAA tournament from the Big 12, um, and you know if Texas Tech comes in a ninth or even tenth, man, y'all pretty good. I, I looked up a, a website. Um, uh, what website was it? It was an independent website that looked at some of the teams on the NIT bubble. And Tech was on the NIT bubble. Now, this was before the Texas win. We, they had us as a sixth seed in the NIT, right? And then the sixth seed um, as an at-large bid is about as on the bubble as you can be. It's like a, it's like a ten, it's like a, a, an eleven seed in the NCAA tournament. So they had us as a sixth seed, and uh, which I think is about right. If Tech goes, let's say two and three for the rest of the the season, uh, that would put Tech at a sixteen and fifteen overall record. Uh, that have us at five and thirteen in conference. Um, that is about that's NIT good. That's probably about a four or five seed in the NIT. That is what I'm looking for, right? That is what, especially for a young team that needs extra games, needs extra high profile games, more games. Especially if you get a, a top four seed, that means at least one game in Lubbock, at least uh, if not maybe two. Um, that is what I think would really be beneficial for this young team, right? For Lamar Washington, for Demarion Williams, um, a couple games, a couple more games to extend uh, Davion Harmon's career and and uh, uh, A Max if he doesn't get a waiver, right? Like so, this is that's that is what I'm excited for. NCAA tournament is still a little too far out of reach, but NIT I think is within grasp, right? Two wins of the of the five uh, puts the NIT in within your grasp to at least extend this season. Do I think that you're playing basketball at the level of you can go into the NCAA tournament and not get embarrassed? Yes, I think you're playing that level of basketball right now. Do I think that you would be better served by playing through the NIT, maybe running it even, winning it? I don't know. Yes, absolutely. Like you said, you know, these are a lot of young guys who, I mean, this is their first time playing Division One basketball. This is their first time. You know, going into Morgantown, probably in their life, right? This is their first time. You know, they're doing all these things. Yes, they probably could rise up and you've got a great coach and a good coaching staff to get them prepared to be in the NCAA tournament. But I think that a deeper run in the NIT, a probably deeper run in the NIT would give them, it's it's that LSU thing, right? You know, you may be playing in what you would perceive as this is more garbage, uh, but those guys are going to get valuable experience on what winning feels like and winning a championship maybe. And it's like, oh, we did this one. Now we know how to do this maybe at a bigger level. You know, stuff like that. It, it pays dividends. Would I be – I'm not upset if we get into the NCAA tournament. Not at all. But like you said, you're going to have to get at least above 500 here at the end of the season to have any kind of post-game discussion at all. I think you have a good shot at the NIT. But you got to – I mean, West Virginia has got to be a win. Norman, you're gonna to have to break history here, one way or another. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I, it's still better going to go NCAA tournament, no doubt. But I do think the NIT, one, I think it's a, something short of a miracle for us to get there. And then two, NIT is something that's actually within reach. And I think it'd be good for the team. I think it'd be really good yeah. for the team, uh, really good for Mark Adams and the program going forward. And a lot of times you do see, you do see teams um, – using the NIT or using a deep run in the NIT, especially with a young team, to propel them for the following seasons. So I, I definitely believe in that. Now, for an, another team, and let's get back to the team that I said I just wanted in any tournament whatsoever. That's also right now trending towards the WNIT, and that's the women's team. Now, the women's team, like, like you mentioned earlier, is trending in the wrong direction, uh, losing six of the last seven. Uh, NCAA tournament is also beginning to look out of reach with a couple more losses. Um, listen, they got to start getting back on the winning run if they even can go to the WNIT, Jeremy. I mean, it's not looking too good for the Lady Raiders. No, it really isn't. And you got to start looking at, you know, what is it about the back half of this season that's doing it, uh, you know, doing it against Texas Tech. Uh, I think the thing, one of the main things here is that you're just not getting a lot of team play. It feels like there's a lot of cohesiveness in the first couple of quarters. Um, but by the halftime and then the back half of things, we just feel a little bit more disjointed. We're not making crisp passes. We're creating, we're, we're letting go of easy turnovers. Uh, the team just doesn't have this like fight towards the end of games that I think you want to see now against the Texas, you actually played some of your best basketball all season. Texas just played a lot better <laughs> and you end up losing that one 80 to 71. Like that was crazy. Like I was not upset with the team. I was upset that Texas couldn't miss a shot if they try. If they, you know, throwing a basketball out in the ocean and they're they're gonna hit water. So, well, I think that I think that game against Texas was one where they we put ourselves in a deep hole early, and we spent all game trying to fight back, right? And then by the time fourth quarter, fourth quarter we were balling, but now it's too little, too late. You know, it's it's you can't you can't spend. Um, you know, thirty minutes finally, and then you get into your rhythm. You're like, all right, now I'm ready to play basketball. Well, now, now it's, it's they blow the whistle. Yeah, now you've <laughs> given up eighty points. Like, um, you know, it, it's it's not digging us ourselves into that hole. And then, not to mention, the Texas was ready for us. Like, <laughs> Texas, Texas saw us and like, nah, bro, bring that ass here. You know, like they were they were ready for us. And the, and the Lady Raiders dug themselves into a hole early in that game, and it was hard for them to. Hard for them to climb out of it. I thought you mentioned earlier that Kansas game, that was a winnable game, man. That was a, that was a game you had to win at home um, against a, a good Kansas team that's trying to get themselves into the NCAA tournament as well. Um, and, and the game was in hand. I mean, you didn't have a great third quarter, but the game was still right there. You know, going into the fourth quarter, you're only down seven. You have the chance, right? And I, and I believe at one point you got it within a um, – it was a four-point game at one point. That's when you strike, and instead you let Kansas kind of extend the lead and win the game on your home court. Like that was the game that you really had to win. And and to be honest, in, in my opinion, that's the game that's probably gonna keep them out of the NCAA tournament, right? Like that's the game you win that one. You you it's what like on the on the women's side when it comes to the NCAA tournament losses against teams that you have no business beating like in Oklahoma, like Oklahoma, right? Oklahoma's 15 like Oklahoma in Norman. You get beat by 27 points. It's not great. It's not fun. Um, but it, it's, it happens, right? You just, you, you take it on the chin and you move on games where you're losing at home against Kansas. That's not going to help you get in the tournament, right? Like that, th those games are like that are ones that are simply not going to help. And unfortunately the rest of the season, it doesn't get any better. 
right? You, you got you got home against a very good Oklahoma State team um, coming up next, right? You played them tough in Stillwater last time, only losing by twelve. So you might have a shot. But the problem is, is that you kind of need Chris, you kind of need Bryn Gerlich to ball out like she did last time. Like last time in Stillwater, Bryn Gerlich was amazing. So yeah, you get that Bryn Gerlich again? I don't know. That's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be kind of tough, right? And then so you get then you have home against West Virginia, a West Virginia team that also beat you earlier in the season. Then you got Baylor, who beat the, beat the snot out of you in Lubbock, and next, next time you play him in Waco. Um, and then, again, you end the season at 22nd-ranked Iowa State, who also beat the hell out of you in Lubbock. So it, it's, it's a, the rest of the season is not easy, right? And and in this one is another situation where trying to get into the WNIT, and I actually think they need better than a 2-3 and three record, Jeremy. I think they're going to need to get some wins. The Big 12 on the women's side isn't as strong as the Big 12 on the men's side. Um they're going to need better than 16 and 15. You know, they're, they're probably going to need, you know, at least three of these five games to be wins to get them in the mm. WNIT. Not yeah. even in the, I'm not even talking about the NCAA tournament. The WNIT, they're probably going to need roughly three wins um, to get to that 7 and 11 record, right? Because the Big 12 isn't as strong. So it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough on, on the women's side for, for Tech to, to clinch to to clinch that postseason berth, especially as they slide and lose six out of the seven. I mean, it's we got to we got to fix the boat somewhere. Uh, you said three. I was thinking four. You know, I think you're going to actually have to do something pretty phenomenal here at the end. But the way that you've been playing basketball, uh, it's just not inspiring. And like right now, the WNIT doesn't have to take you. Kind of, you're kind of in that position. And so when you pl- you need to play from that position, right? Earn the respect. And you have five good chances here at the end of the season. Um, you know, I think uh, Oklahoma State needs to be the one that you get. Uh, and I'm excited about the Oklahoma State game because it is at 2 p.m. Uh, Friday. So that'll be tomorrow by the time we publish this. Or Saturday, excuse me. Yeah. Um, the Texas Tech Athletic Department released a PSA that students will be able to come to the USA and watch the men's basketball game at noon. They'll play it up on the Jumbotron. Y'all can gather around, do your just little surfy surf. Um, but then they can stay, and at 2 p.m., when the men's game ends, the women's game begins. So I am really excited to see what happens here, encouraging students um, you know, to come watch the men's game, but then them being there and already in the arena, will they stay for the women's game, right? Because if you get a really good atmosphere, not all of them, you know, some will leave, if you get a good atmosphere against this Oklahoma State team, I think you'll bring a little bit of energy to get over that hump, and maybe that's what you need to kind of reignite this, the the swagger and like the schema of this team. You hope so. I mean, I think the crowd is going to be, but I'll say this: the crowd has actually been pretty good lately. Like I, I, I would actually say for the, on the women's side, the crowd has actually been pretty good. Um, it's one of the bigger crowds in the conference, uh, especially for a team that's you know four and nine in the conference. Um, the crowd's been better. The crowd's definitely been better, especially on the weekends. Um, they just, you know, need to be rewarded for it. I, w- I would say, you know, and that's the that's the thing there. Um, you got got to get some wins on the women's side, um, and so the pe- let's let's get the pendulum in the middle. We let's try to get <laughs> both balance teams. that seesaw. <laughs> yeah, let's try to get both teams. Um, Jeremy, anything else you want to say to the people? Uh, basketball's coming here to the end, but not all Texas Tech sports. Men's baseball opens up today. Um, again, speaking as if we're already in Friday, which we pretty, pretty, pretty much Albert almost is. Uh, men's, ba- men's baseball starting back up. Women's softball 
has already begun, and they're actually doing pretty good. Um, they threw a no-hitter. Yeah, there's a no-no. She did the no-no on them. So, um, yeah, we'll be excited to start covering that. Uh, men's track and field. Women's track and field. All the Two, spring sports, uh, baby. Both top ten in the country. Both top both ten. men and women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we let me tell you something. We always debate about what type of school. We are a track school. Okay? A track school. Three we three. are a track school. Like, we are consistently top ten on both the men and women's side. Um, won a national championship a few years back, and, and we've actually been in the running for a national championship like uh, a couple times before. Like that national championship, one of the things was twenty nineteen, was like a long time coming type of national championship, right? So um, yeah, actually, even last year we had a hell of a team. You know, we just had Texas in our way. We had a hell of a team, man, on both the men and women's side. It was it was incredible. So definitely take a look out for that. Um, take a look out for home field apparel, man. Get the get some hoodies. It is cold outside. Use our promo code TAKES12, T-A-K-E-S-1-2, to get 15% off your first order at Home Field Apparel. Uh, make sure to do that. What else, Jeremy? Get that Youngstown state gear with the penguin on it. Welcome to the Ice yeah. Kingdom. Let's go. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. That is a good one. Um, also, and I've, I've already stressed it a lot this year in basketball, but some, a friend of mine reminded me this. I mean, we've been talking about patience. Got to be patient. If we don't make the NCAA tournament, it ain't the worst thing in the world. Got to be patient with this team. I want Jeremy, a friend of mine, he uh, he went to Alabama, went to University of Alabama. This is his alma mater. And, um, well, they're the number one. They just lost to Tennessee. Haha. <laughs> but they are the number one team in the nation. And he was talking about how their point guard is very good. He likes their point guard. Um, and I watched Alabama a few times. I know who their point guard is. Do you know who their point guard is? He goes by the name of Namari Burnett. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Namari Burnett, a lot of Tech fans may have forgotten. He was our, at the time, he was the highest rated recruit we've ever gotten. Right? Everybody was excited for him. He was going to join the, the, uh, the Texas Tech team. And what happened his freshman year, right, uh, he was viewed as a disappointment. He was viewed as a, oh, man, he's just a spoiled five-star. And oh. and he ended up leaving the program halfway through his freshman year and, and left. And we were like, good riddance, you know. He's a great example of patience. Now, he's not killing it at Alabama. He's, he's just okay. He averages like seven points a game. Nothing nothing big. Um, but he's a redshirt sophomore. It's only his second year of playing. Um, he's on the number one team in the nation. Right, and he's helping lead them as their point guard because he's able. To, he was able to develop out in Tuscaloosa, take his time, do the right thing. I'm saying the same thing about these guys. Elijah Fisher. Some people are disappointed in Elijah Fisher because he's oh, he's a five star, highest rated recruit in Tech history. Patience, relax, let these guys develop. Once upon a time, players used to stay here for four years and and got chance to develop and become better. Jeremy, you'd be surprised that Akeem Olajuwon averaged less than 10 points in his freshman year. Why? Because he was an 18-year-old kid. Let these players develop and get better over time. They're going to make mistakes. Do not be that account that says that Pop Isaacs stinks and is not a Big 12-level player. Don't be that guy, all right? Because that guy looks very foolish now, okay? Don't, don't do it, all right? As much as Lamar Washington frustrates me, I'm very excited for his potential. He's an 18-year-old kid. Patience, patience, patience. All right. Now, um, 
Yeah, that's an incredible way to end it. Now, uh, rush and tell all your friends about tortillas and takes. <laughs> Stop being patient. <laughs> tell everybody. Um, so for, for tortillas, for Jeremy Gillen, this is I'll Be Sure, and you have been listening to the patient but expeditiously exciting tortillas and takes podcast, part of the Tentrum Network and the official podcast for Red Raider Sports. As always, stay wrecked, people.